Welcome to the Current Investment and Economic Update Call. Our host for today's call is Bruce Keel. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. I would now like to turn the call over to your host. Mr. Keel, you may begin. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jan, for getting us started today, and welcome, everybody. We appreciate you taking some time to join us today on kind of this uh, cold and rainy day in Minnesota. What a great day to be together and talk finances. I can't be out raking your yard or anything yet. Um, maybe we have a few clients from the Sun Belt in Arizona or Florida jumping on today or also uh, we do record this call and just wanted to let you know this will be available tomorrow morning on our website lifestagewealth.com under resource section under conference calls and if you know anybody you think could benefit from this information certainly uh, more than welcome and appreciate you passing that on to others that you think and as Jan mentioned this is Bruce Keel I'm the founder and principal of LifeStage Wealth and here in a bit I'll be joined by our senior wealth advisor Nate Hom uh, we'll be sharing some information with you and yeah just very Thankful to be with you today and spend some time talking to you about the current economic environment. And especially just on the heels of our quarterly statements went out last week and whether you receive a hard copy or an electronic copy, they were pleasant to open for a change because last year, 2022, was not an easy year to open up statements. There was a fair amount of red ink for a while. Stock markets were down 25%, so it certainly was a challenging year, especially usually when stocks go down, bonds go up. But as we'll talk about with interest rates going up so dramatically, it was the worst year in 40 years for bonds. Thankfully, we didn't own those long-term bonds that were down as much as 13 14%. But still, yes, the, the bonds that are usually our safe, positive investments were still pretty safe. For the worst year in 40 years, they were only down 2 or 3%. But it is very nice. Uh, to see some increases as we start the new year. And I know I've told a few of you this when you've been in for planning meetings over the co course of the last month or two, but at Christmas time, I was talking to my brother-in-law who farms uh, for 40 years uh, in my hometown of Madison, Minnesota, and we were just kind of discussing at that point how farming and investing have some similarities in that you have some good years and you have some not so good years, but in the long run, you make a pretty comfortable living. And it's good to see some of those good years or at least a start to a good year as we begin 2023. And thought just uh, review a couple of our positions inside of our client accounts that just highlight a few different areas. We'll start off with our, our favorite investment for a good over uh, 15 years. Berkshire Hathaway is off to a good start this year, up 4.6%. This is just through yesterday, actually. So since the investments have gone up uh, for the first few weeks of April, of course, we'd like to give you some of that good news that things have continued to increase since your third quarter statement came out. And especially Berkshire 
it actually was one of the few investments that actually made money uh, last year. So it's nice to see that continuing here in this good year, whereas last year our worst investment was the growth index. Some of those uh, growth stocks, of course, down a good 30%, but it is very cool to see how we've seen a nice rebound in that sector. Our growth index is our best investment so far this year, up 10.7%. Where most of the indexes, the S&P 500, et cetera, within your uh, retirement accounts is averaging about 8% right now, year to date. So it's good to see some nice increases. And then also we have a dividend equity fund, which was one of the other investments that actually made money last year. But it's our one equity that is actually down right now. Not much, about 1%. And then also another investment we've been watching closely and encouraged to see is that we have an international stock position that we took about a year and a half ago. And that was after international stocks have really just been down on the canvas for four or five years, have not done very well. We did take a position in it. And it's very cool to see that year to date, uh, that particular position is up 8.8%. So stocks have had a good start to the year but especially we're excited about the fixed income or the safe conservative category because all of our clients have a major portion of assets in the safety uh, position, especially for our clients who are retired. And last year that was disappointing when even the safe was down two or 3%. Again, yes, worst year in 40 years, that's not too bad, but still tough to see it down where this year uh, we're seeing very good results. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why that is because interest rates are now really uh, deemed not to go up much more. So that means the principle of our bond positions are going to be very stable. And because interest rates have gone up, that means the dividends are paying more. So we're seeing many of these pay three, four, uh, even a couple of them over that. So on average, uh, this particular area is up already about two and a half percent. And of course, we're not even into four months of the year. So we see that as a very good place for our client's safety, as well as uh, make some money this year too. One other fund I'd like to highlight is a position we added a little over a year ago, uh, just in terms of where economic conditions are. We wanted to add some safety for our clients' portfolio. So we added a J.P. Morgan hedged equity fund, which still does invest in some of those growth stocks, some of those technology stocks, but it has a little bit of an insurance policy in it, thankfully, because last year when, let's say, technology was down 30%, That particular fund, it was down, but only about 9%. But what's very interesting, this year when the market's doing good, it's up 7.7%. So it's still capturing a lot of that upside. But what's really cool is we look over the last 12 months from right now, 12 months uh, prior, that particular fund is our best performer over 12 months. It's actually up 4.5% when the S&P 500 is down about 6 or 7%. So adding that safety not only made it a smoother ride last year, but we're seeing some good growth this year and over the last 12 months. 
Then I think as much of a challenge as increasing interest rates were last year, one of the areas that has benefited from that is finally cash is paying more. So Schwab has a money market. Nate's going to talk about a little bit more is at 4.6%. So that is an area for clients that cash is is really paying off so much more. So that is a good spot in uh, this particular season. But really over the last year and a half, we have been watching two big eyes very closely. The first eye, inflation. Uh, the second I, interest rates. And of course, they're intercorrelated, right? Where inflation, the consumer price index, you remember last year in June, peaked out at almost 9%. Uh, we haven't seen that again for over 40 years. I mean, it had been averaging 1%, 2%, uh, extremely low the last 10 years. So that 9%, certainly was very eye-popping, especially and continuing when you still go to the grocery store. Seems like uh, in our everyday life, those are some of the things that seem to be impacted the most. The consumer price index was down to 6.4% by the end of the year due to some of these interest rate increases that we'll talk about. So it's uh, the Fed trying to uh, take care of that high inflation by increasing rates. Now, actually, as of last month, the CPI is down to 5%. And I saw an article here a week or so ago that said here in Minnesota, it's actually down to 3.4%. So still above what the Fed has targeted as 2 to 3%. But we have seen uh, those interest rate increases have an impact because a year ago, the Fed rate was at 0.5%. Uh, today, it's at 5%. So we saw last year seven interest rate increases. We've seen two uh, so far this year. They're meeting again. I think it's on the 2nd and 3rd of May coming up soon. But it's the fastest pace that the Fed has raised rates in over 40 years. And one of the things that we've seen when they've had an interest rate increase, it typically takes three to four months for that interest rate increase to have an impact. So it is definitely a balancing act that the Fed is charged with. And then, of course, about a month ago, throw a wrench in the fire was some of the banking issues that happened in the economy where whoever heard of Silicon Valley Bank up until a month ago, all of a sudden it's a household name. Uh, it ran into problems down in California to a large extent due to most of their clients and customers were technology companies. And so certainly that sector was very much impacted over the course of the last year. And that sector is also very connected, Silicon Valley. And uh, when one company started to take money out of the bank, many companies started to take money on the bank, really did result in that kind of run on the bank. But we do feel the, uh, the government did do a good job where they stepped in and put a pause on those withdraws while the banks 
still had more assets than more uh, than liabilities. Uh, the bank was uh, bought by another bank. So bottom line, everybody was made whole. But we haven't talked really about um, FDIC and, and how secure is that and how FDIC insurance protects bank deposits on individual accounts up to 250000 for joint accounts. It protects up to $500,000. And we had a couple of calls then is, uh, do I need to be concerned about the bank that I'm working with? And, you know, that limit of two fifty and five hundred doesn't really affect too many of our clients at all, but we do have some corporations and certainly organizations that it does. And, you know, yes, I think one of the conservative or prudent steps would be maybe to diversify, especially for people who are over that limit into an additional bank. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we do feel that it's something that by and large, we don't have to worry about. It's not uh, 2008 during the financial crisis. Even uh, Warren Buffett came out last week and said, if you have a deposit in a U.S. bank, you don't have to worry. Um, so continue to watch and to monitor that, but so far it feels like that issue with Silicon Valley Bank did spill over into another one, uh, Signature Bank, and I think there was one more, but feel it's not a widespread issue that is going to really cause and affect our, our clients. But one thing that is happening as a result of that is banks are tightening some of their credit policies, learning from some of the mistakes that Silicon Valley Bank um, violated is that principle of diversification. Of course, you've heard us talk about that from an investment perspective. It makes a difference in the banking industry, too, and they violated that, and it really uh, made an impact. But we are starting to see banks tighten up their loan policies, and that is having an impact on the demand for loans, as well as, of course, higher rates. I mean, what are mortgages today? Uh, you know, 6% versus, talk to a client the other day, they have a 2%. 15-year mortgage and uh, what a difference mortgage rates and all interest rates are at uh, as of today. So it is causing really the economy to have a bit of a slowdown just in itself from the reaction to the higher rates as well as the tightening of credit. And many economists do feel that this slowdown will really allow the Fed to limit the degree of future interest rate increases. Many people feel that maybe even at this meeting in May, they might not have to raise rates, or if they do, it very well could be the last one of the year, because of course the Fed is trying to orchestrate, maybe you've heard this, uh, we've talked about it a bit, the soft landing, which is really trying to reduce that inflation down to that target rate of two to three percent without pushing the economy into a recession. And a recession, just a, a quick reminder, is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, gross domestic product, the output of the economy of the U.S. And this actually happened last year. The first two quarters were actually negative. Now, just barely, one was down 0.1%. Second quarter was down 0.4%. So very, very moderate in the red, but now we've seen three quarters of positive 
growth uh, in the green. So that really is something the Fed is watching very, very closely, don't want to throw us into an, in, an inflationary period that would cause the um, interest rates to go up so much, they would raise them so much that it would, again, push us into that recession uh, would be very difficult. So really, the Fed has that dual mandate. They watch very closely inflation and keeping that in check. The other thing they're really focusing on is full employment. They want people at work. And they kind of have a third unwritten mandate, which is to maintain financial stability. And so in times of stress, like we saw a month ago with the banking instability, is usually we see that financial stability concerns often trump the two concerns of interest rates as well as full unemployment. So believe that the the Fed, because of the banking sector not being widespread is what they have said. And even though the outlook isn't completely clear, they do feel that uh, the Fed probably will not have to raise rates here in the future, kind of put a pause on that, watch it, monitor it, see how it becomes clear as we move into it. But so far, anyway, it feels like the Fed is orchestrating kind of that not too hot, uh, not too cold balance. And of course, we'll continue to monitor that very closely and make adjustments to our client portfolios uh, as needed. And so, of course, here in the Twin Cities recently, big news with Best Buy and Medtronic, two major employers announcing major layoffs. Of course, uh, my son-in-law's in the tech industry, and uh, yeah, he's talked about quite a few layoffs in the tech industry over the course of the last six months. But still, of course, the tech industry had extremely strong years through the pandemic, actually did a lot of hiring. But as a whole, we're actually seeing uh, here in March, actually, even the economy actually added 236,000 more jobs nationwide. So really, unemployment is still very low, down at 3.5%. Again, Minnesota, uh, in looking at our unemployment here in our state, is down uh, only 3%. So it does seem like still most businesses, most organizations still you know, are looking to hire people. There's still uh, seems like more jobs than there are people to fill those jobs. So that causes wages to be up. Certainly consumers are still actively spending money. It sounds like real estate slowing down a little bit, certainly as interest rates go up. Uh, certainly, you know, major tickets like vehicles and stuff cost more to buy or to lease a car. So it is having a little bit of a slowdown impact. And we are seeing that in company earnings reports. We're right in the middle of this earnings season uh, as results are coming in. And for the fourth quarter last year, Year, uh, things were down about 3% from the previous year. And as things are starting to come in right now, I think uh, Tesla just uh, gave their quarterly earnings today and it was it was down and their stock took a pretty good uh, pretty good hit so we're seeing mixed results uh, coming through so far to this point there's still a lot more earnings to come out but most projections are that we'll probably see a five to a six percent drop in earnings from 12 months ago which again 
kind of feeds into that gradual slowdown of what the Fed has been trying to orchestrate. And really, companies then are going to start losing uh, their pricing power. And I was just thinking of my neighbor. She works for a company that has, uh, they manufacture the hardware for windows and doors. And they had like five or six price increases through the pandemic. Um, not some, well, of course, some of their labor and stuff went up, but even more so is they could. They had just had kind of unlimited pricing power, but that is starting to slow down and cease. And that's really, again, what we're looking for in the overall economy. So we really feel that in this environment, it's higher quality, larger companies that have good, strong cash flows, reasonable valuations that are going to fare better in the volatility. And that's why Berkshire Hathaway is our largest position for our clients on average over um, our clients' portfolios have 10 to 11% of our portfolios in that particular investment. We do feel that international opportunities are uh, having some strength, especially in Asia. Uh, Japan has been really immune a bit from some of that banking issues that the U.S. has had, and also China. China had a first quarter growth rate that was quite surprising. And so we're starting to see some strength in that area. So we're actually in the process of evaluating our positions. And that's a good chance we're looking at increasing our international positions. We're also looking at a bit of a shift in our fixed income because especially if we're at really nearing the end of this interest rate increasing cycle, uh, there's a fund or two that we think can be repositioned to uh, take advantage of that. But I guess uh, if we've learned something, and in my 34 years of practice have had seven periods of, of course, correction, right? Or when the market goes down 20% or more, and just Thinking about that and looking at at the end of 22 and looking at, you know, what did we learn from that? It really does come down to diversification, diversification, diversification. And we're seeing it again this year is the worst performers last year, best performers this year and vice versa. Some of those that did the best last year are kind of lagging behind a little bit. So it's impossible to know what's going to happen next week, next month. And that's where that uh, diversification is very important. Of course, we want to make some adjustments to try to put some of those resources ahead of what is showing strength, like we just talked about in the international and some of the fixed income area. But definitely, we want to, uh, just like farming, just like gardening, you know, keep an eye on the long-term for what will uh, produce the best. So we'll uh, continue to do that. But with that, Jan, uh, maybe we can uh, get some instructions for how clients can ask any questions, and we'll see if there's any out there today. Okay, thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad now. You'll be placed into the queue in the order received. Please be prepared to ask your question when prompted. Once again, if you have a question, please press star 1 on your phone now. So as Jan prepares any questions that are out there, just wanted to talk a little bit more 
um, what Bruce talked about earlier in regards to interest rates going up. It's crazy that the beginning of 2022 interest rates were incredibly low. Um, so bank accounts were paying about 0.02% in the money market accounts. Um, when 2022 ended, we actually saw them closer to 4%. And right now inside one of the money markets we have with Schwab, paying about 4.6, as well as Ally Bank is another um, money market savings account that's out there that's paying about 3.7. And get this question a lot, especially as people have had some additional savings accounts. What should we do with those money? Uh, where should we put that to have it working harder? You know, years past, interest rates were so low, whether it was at money market or in your bank, really didn't matter. Now, with some of these interest rates going higher, looking at some of those ally banks as well as Schwab money market fund can be a great addition, still has a safety to, to make sure that money stays safe. Um, but still pays a nice rate. Even a conversation I had today as a client is saving some dollars for a house, um, putting in some money market account, at least earning um, close to almost 5% when we take a look at it. So just some nice areas as well as CDs at banks. Um, CDs that we have available at Schwab still have some really nice rates uh, up to 5% in some cases. So things that we're taking a look at to have your money work harder. So if that is a question, concern you have, uh, reach out to Bruce or myself. Uh, we'd love to have that conversation. Jan, are there any questions out there? Not at this time, but as a reminder, it is star one if you do have a question. Fantastic. Thanks, Jane. So, yeah, just, you know, many people, especially on the heels of a tough year last year, we have been uh, just reviewing people's long-term retirement security. And very, very few people has this changed their long-term retirement security? Clients have done a terrific job of saving. The other side is a terrific job of reducing, eliminating, in many cases, not having any debt and living within the means too. And that's a good trifecta for a good long-term retirement security, but just did you know, want to offer at any point in time if you feel you would like to have a review of that and we'll be more than happy to put together a plan to make sure of what the long-term retirement security looks like. So any, any last questions, Jan? We do have a question that comes from Tom Johnson with U.S. Bank. Hi, um, just wanted a little bit of a crystal ball question, but the, in Minnesota and at the federal level, um, some proposed taxes. What do you see playing out there in like the near future if those tax increases go through? Yeah, thanks, Tom, for the question. Appreciate that. Um, you know, it seems like we have been in a period of really lower tax rates. And I know anytime we start talking to clients about, you know, what might happen with taxes, I think if we take a poll, probably 80% of the people would feel that, yeah, we're probably headed towards a period of higher tax rates. And it has been historically uh, higher tax rates. And so um, we do prepare clients to 
feel that, yes, there is a, a good possibility. Of course, we can't predict the future, but that's where we have done uh, some great planning with clients, whether it's making Roth IRA contributions or conversions to take advantage of even some of the lower rates. Uh, we have some software that looks at what's an optimal amount for a Roth conversion. Uh, so, yes, um, again, like you said, Tom, a crystal ball. And, um, yeah, we certainly don't have that. But at the same time, it seems like the trend at some point in time, we've been thinking about this for a while, uh, that we're going to probably see some higher tax rate as time goes on, especially for many of our clients who are already, uh, you know, in an area that makes some pretty good income. And, and that's where a lot of those tax increases are coming. Exactly. Thanks for your question. All right. Thanks. Anything else, Jan? Uh, just as a reminder, it's star one if anyone does have a question. Well, very good. I mean, we like to usually keep these calls between 25 and 30 minutes, so that's about exactly where we're at. One last, any last questions at all, Jan? Not at this time, sir. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I mean, bottom line, we just want to thank, you know, each of you for joining us today, uh, whether you're listening to this live or in the future on, on the recording. We just want to thank you for taking the time and also thank you for your business, the opportunity to help you uh, with your financial goals. We appreciate that very much and we look forward to uh, talking with you very soon. Thanks again. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for attending.